Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Our podcast explores culture at the center and fringe of art scenes around the world. This story unfolds at the intersection of art and the environment. Miami-based sculptor Robert Chambers lived in Everglades National Park for one month in 2018 as a fellow in the Artist-in-Residence in Everglades program. In the darkness outside his studio one night, the artist tripped on the roots of an ancient plant, the saw palmetto, in Latin, Serenoa repens. That's when a hidden world began opening up to him. In fact, the small palms are everywhere you look, native to the subtropical wilderness. The leaves are woven into the thatched roofs of indigenous pavilions you'll find in Big Cypress, a wetlands preserve just north of the National Park. In some parts of the world, saw palmetto berries are cherished for their healing properties. We meet Robert Chambers to explore his exhibition titled Serapins at the Airy Nest, an art gallery inside the visitor center. Curator Deborah Mitchell and two environmental scientists who've inspired this new body of work are here too. Botanist Walter Abramson, who's been researching the saw palmetto for 40 years, and Hilary Swain, director of the Archibald Biological Station, a center dedicated to research and conservation in the South Florida watershed. The saw palmetto has clearly cast a spell on this artist. It could be the plant you'd find on Venus or Mars. This plant would be perfect. It can survive through massive fires. It has a fireproof exoskeleton, I call it, mm -hmm. that protects it. And it protects seeds from other plants that may be under it. And it, it comes back like a hydra. You whack off the head of the hydra, it pops right back. It's a very unusual plant with a lot of very, very unusual properties. Well, it is. And, and the thing that, that really strikes me, too, is this is a species we call a foundation species. And what we mean by that is it's a real foundation for the system of interacting animals and plants. And so the quantity of it, the cover of it, the fruit that it produces, the flowers of it, all feed an enormous number of animals. And so this is an incredibly important plant. If you removed it from these systems where it occurs, uh, it would have a real serious impact on the wildlife that are associated with it. So it's, it's part of a web of life. It truly is a... In a sense, it's almost an island of life in of itself. It, 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 it supports so many other species. How are you representing this plant and its ecosystem? Well, we're using a new art medium, art form, where, like, say, you would have ceramics. Here we have all kinds of 3D printing. We're using uh, Z18 MakerBots that use a PLA, a plastic acid material, which is cellulose and sugars, to print out the materials. We have uh, CNC table platforms that mesh with milled tops of the fractals of the lytic limestone, the inflorescences of the plant itself, the insects, 
and reliefs of the Cerno Ripens plant and the berries, which have unusual medicinal properties going back to pre-Mayan times. And I see it as the red mangrove of the Everglades, and others call it the gas station of the Everglades. And it's just an amazing plant. If you see it after a burn, you'd feel like you were on Mars. It's like this amazing, alien, strange, intriguing form, very sculptural. As a scientist, what is the most exciting element in this exhibition space for you to see materialized by an artist? This is a question of trying to communicate what science is learning to a whole new audience. The, the blend of science and art is uh, not something that gets to happen every day. You know, I was just, just delighted to think that something we had been doing caught the eye of an artist, and then it gets interpreted in ways that, you know, are not the way my mind thinks. I mean, I'm, I'm one of these very linear thinkers, you know, that categorizes information. And this is more of an inspirational kind of thing. And it's, it's neat because it speaks to people um, in ways that a scientific article will never speak to most of the people. Is there one moment that was the epiphany on this? Deborah Mitchell, director of ARI, brought me to the cabin where the artists are given uh, one-month residencies. And I was looking for inspiration. And what I decided to do was go out at night without a flashlight and stumble around in an area where there'd been a recent burn. And I, my inspiration was tripping over one of these uh, rhizomes here and going, uh, stumbling forward and going back and remarking what an unusual form this slightly smoldered alligator back shape. And then there were many of them but I didn't really think much of it at the moment. This form that we see in the gallery, is it an embellishment of the surface you found, or it's representing almost exactly what you almost exactly tripped on? It is, but it's enlarged and stylized and made, created it, made it into an artistic form to draw you into the, the idea and the ecology of the plant. When I first saw it, my immediate reference was an alligator. That's, that's a nickname by indigenous peoples, is alligator back. After spending time at the Airy residency. I was then brought by Deborah and several others up to the Archbold Center, and there we were crawling over the Cerno Ripens plants. One of my muses, Hillary, <laughs> was talking uh, over the din of a number of scrub jays and said casually, this plant can be 5,000 years old or older. And then she brought up Dr. Warren Abramson's work, and that's where it all snapped together. Yes. Well, it's, it's just totally exciting in, in a real sense because we scientists do a good job talking to each other, but we don't always talk to other people in the community very well. And to see this blend of science with art is really spectacular. Hillary Swain is in the room. How does it feel to see the realization of all these ideas that came forth from Robert's visit. I'm just thrilled and beguiled. Um, I just, you know, big trees from little acorns grow, so a, a lot came out of our walk, and that's a bit what I'm feeling like. Uh, I'm just humbled by the way that someone can see something that I think of very much in terms of biology and pattern and process and they see a whole new dimension. I just love the combination of sort of the power of the shapes, you know, the sort of, the, one of the things about soap palmettos is they're so 
they're so geometric, but then they're set in a sort of soft context. And that's what really appeals to me about this. Uh, Robert's pulled out the geometry of the plant, but he's also been able to set it in the soft context that it normally is in an ecosystem. So I guess that's the power of palmetto. All of this is because of my uh, ties to the Miami Beach Urban Laboratories, where I met various students who were working in uh, 3D printing and, and environmental sciences. Then I started working with RDF Lab, the robotics new lab. It was just inaugurated a few months ago at the south campus of FIU. And I started working with a few research technicians there. So I had a whole team of this new art form, a new design application in 3D printing and CNC using Grasshopper and Rhinoceros and other programs. It was really making me reflect that in the same way that his art has been greatly expanded by things like digital printing, you know, our science was greatly expanded by new technologies. So if it hadn't been for new gene and genotyping data and our ability to use molecular evolutionary techniques, we would have never been able to rely on the sort of traditional long-term ecological knowledge that Warren Aberson has built up, but then combine it with this cutting-edge new technology. And in a way, that's the same as the artist's sensibility, understanding the artistic appeal of this, but using modern technology to take the interpretation further. So I really like that, you know, biology's been transformed by technology and so is art. And what's sort of really fun about this exhibit, well, more than fun, what's really inspiring about this exhibit is it's both of those things coming together, both being transformed by technology, but based in a deep-rooted understanding, either from an artistic understanding or an ecological understanding. And the confluence of those two things is really remarkable to me. It's just another sign that if we all embrace technology and what it can give us, and use it carefully, then we can move into the future uh, with more responsibility. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Our conversation with artist Robert Chambers, curator Deborah Mitchell, and scientists Walter Abramson and Hilary Swain reveals how new technology can serve as a creative force in the conservation of South Florida's endangered subtropical wilderness. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review Fresh Art International on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to make a one-time donation or become a supporting member. The John S. and James L. Knight Foundation will match every dollar we receive this year. Go to freshartinternational.com and click on the red support button to give what you can. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk 